Lord, we just come to you and just thank you. Just yield ourselves to you and we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue to minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. The title of this talk is Living from God's Love, taken from my new book. This comes out end of this month. Mark 12, verse 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And it means exactly that. This is a breakthrough. Loving God with every part of our being. And that is a breakthrough in all he can do in and through us. Rooted in your love for him and our level of yielding to him. Transforming everything we do with his enabling, his provision and his victory. I'd like to just go through this verse because there's four words and when I thought about it the Lord began to teach me love him with all your heart that's in our lifestyle it's in our righteousness and it's actually the first court, the outer court of the tabernacle, the sin and the flesh. We have to start with the physical part, mm. our first offering, the sin offering, turning from all sin, living in righteousness. Because if we love God with all our heart, we won't, won't want to hurt him. We all want to please him. And suddenly all the other commandments are obeyed. Because if you love God, you love one another, and you love yourself, you will not sin. But if you hate God, or hate your neighbor, or hate yourself, that brings us down into sin. So the first part of loving God is loving him with all our heart in the physical lifestyle that we walk on this earth. To love him with all your soul. Well, your soul is your will your mind and intellect and your emotions. We've got to love them with that as well. Yes. <laughs> love them with your will. That is a tough one for many. We want God to bless what we want to do. But you know, when we go to God and you ask him, what do you want me to do for you? In the ministry, 
or even in the daily chores. You will be amazed how good God is at time management. You can get through an incredible amount of stuff when you ask God to give you the structure for the day. And he gives you time for your divine appointment with him as well. If you ask God for a divine appointment every day, he will give you one. There are so many needs out there. And I promise you, your divine appointment for God will entail a sacrifice or inconvenience or both. The devil will give you a hundred reasons why you shouldn't obey. That's the trouble, why so little is done. People are listening to the devil. But when you press through to obey God, through the inconvenience, through the sacrifice, I can promise you there is always, a hundred percent always, a blessing the other side. You'll be so glad you obeyed God. And I can tell you many stories. I'll tell you just one. I've just been speaking in a church in London I get the train back to Victoria Station and I'm crossing the road I didn't sell very many books that day because I take a, my little dragging case full of books you see to sell because it's part of our ministry it helps raise funds to do the work and the wheel had fallen off so as I'm pulling along this little case that's going clackly clack clackly clack clackly clack clackly clack clack and I'm crossing the main road at Victoria Station to go and get the bus back to Oxford and it's starting to drizzle a bit when and it's near dark it's going to get dark fairly soon and I wanted to catch that bus back because I don't like driving in the dark when God says go and speak to that beggar you've just walked past well, I tell you, that is the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> okay, Lord. I'll turn around. Clatically clack, clatically clack, clatically clack. Up to the, de- uh, the beggar. What do I tell him? Tell him I love him. Uh, hello. Hello. The Lord just told me to come back and tell you that he loves you. Love me? How can he love me? And I began to give the gospel message. And people started to stop and listen. And before I knew it, there were about 15 people listening in. And here I'm giving the gospel message to this beggar. And he received it. And I lead him through the sinner's prayer. He had become a beggar because he had just lost his wife to two deaths. He took to the bottle, lost everything, became homeless on the streets. But because somebody told him that somebody loved him, the God of the universe loved him, he was able to turn around and respond. Two weeks later, he was back working, getting a job, and getting back into life. Thank you, Lord, that I obeyed you. You know, I just had an email from my husband this morning. 
David Hathaway, um, David Hathaway, you may know him, his uh, Eurovision to Russia. Well, he's in the Ukraine at the moment. And yesterday, this week, he was asked to go and pray for a person with a broken back in the hospital. Now, he is 86, I think. He's well in his 80s. He's tired. He did not want to go to that hospital, but David knows to obey God. He goes to the hospital anyway. He ends up praying for three people in that ward with broken backs. The Lord heals them, and then he prays for this man totally born blind. And the Lord restores his eyesight. Well, David says goodbye, God bless you, and he disappears. And he's now on way to the next town when the authorities call him in. What are you doing in that hospital in this town in the Ukraine? He said, Nothing, I just went to pray for a couple of people. And the authorities said, Well, these people that were healed went running through all the wards shouting, Jesus is real, look he's just healed me, and this whole hospital has been empty. That's living from the heavenly realm. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> love him with all your soul with your will not my will but your will be done for his ways are higher than ours his thoughts higher with all your mind our mind and intellect it's not what we think Jesus thinks to love him with your thoughts to try and think more like Jesus. And your emotions, it's not what I feel. We have to struggle through the heat and all sorts, mm. flu. But you take it in your stride. Mm. I had flu the last four days, but and it was 40 degrees here. Oh. But I still had to go and speak. But God gave me grace. You know, I never sneezed once while I was speaking. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better now. Yeah. It's not what I feel, but what does Jesus feel? Mm. We've got to love him with all our soul. Mm. That is in the golden room. Your sacrifice of a living sacrifice for Jesus, loving Him with all your soul, all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. That's in the Holy of Holies. It's not easy sometimes getting into God's presence, it takes time. The longest it took me was a day and a half. I was so determined to come into his presence, I was not going to give up until I came in. And then I found 
that there's different levels of abiding. And I realized that I had just been visiting God sometime, but I was actually living in the world. And the Lord said, I want you to dwell in me 24-7, where he calls you his beloved. It was the Psalms that helped me there. The psalm, the one psalm, was as I may behold the beauty of the Lord in his temple, that I may dwell in the Lord all the days of my life. And then the next one, there's a few verses down, that I may dwell in the house forever. Oh, he then did it get through. Like we all live in a house. We live in, we eat in a house. We sleep in a house. We do many things in the house. Then we go out of the house to go to work or visit friends or whatever. But we we'll always come back to the house. And suddenly I realised that I had only been visiting the Lord now and then. My permanent home is in prayer Amen. for this life and for all eternity. And so we need to worship the Lord with all our strength, pressing in, pressing in, and pressing in till you never want to come out. Where you see him so big and us so small. Where suddenly he takes our weaknesses and replaces it with his strength. Our bondages with his freedom our sicknesses with his healing and the blessings of dwelling in him we are blessed with every heavenly blessings in the heavenly places suddenly I realized that there are three kingdoms the kingdom of God ruled by God and his angels the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of darkness ruled by the devil and his demons and the kingdom of this earth where we are walking right now now in order to live in the kingdom of this world you have to be born into it through birth and we leave it when we die and we are going to go to one of the spiritual kingdoms. And through Adam and Eve eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, disobeying God, giving this perfect earth that had no sin, no sickness, no death over to the devil in exchange for the knowledge of good and evil, the devil was a... We were cut off spiritually, made spiritually dead to be born of the flesh only. That is why spiritual things are foolishness to those in the world. And sin, sickness and death enter this world. So in actual fact, that means we are born in the kingdom of darkness. But God had a plan. For God loved the world so much he sent his only begotten son. That those who believe on him shall not die but shall have everlasting life. So only through receiving what Jesus did for us on the cross 
can we be born again to the kingdom of heaven on earth now when we love the Lord with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength we are learning to live in him and as we learn to live in him in his love something glorious happens we are suddenly able to live from his love and at the same time live from the heavenly realm where the miraculous become possible because the kingdom of heaven is a higher realm than the physical realm of this world which is ruled by the forces of nature this is how Jesus could walk on water calm the storm heal over distance heal the sick cast out demons raise the dead but he was not contaminated by the seed of man he is born of the Virgin Mary so not to be contaminated he was a whole person and that's how we are supposed to live and I'd like to go into some scriptures John 17 16 to 18 Jesus says they are not of this world even as I'm not of this world he's talking about another world the kingdom of heaven sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent me into the world even so I also send them into the world verse 20 neither pray I for these alone but for them also who believe on me through their word that is you and me that they may be one as thou the Father art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and yesterday those people in that hospital saw that Jesus had sent David Hathaway into that hospital only to pray for three or four people but through their healing they went running saying look Jesus is real he just healed me and the whole hospital was emptied that's the power of heaven where they're all healed the people in the hospital in Ukraine how, how it was emptied the hospital where all the people in the hospital healed yes as the healed people went running through the ward saying Jesus is real he's just healed me well, all the sick people reached out and received their healing oh, no. and they all went home so the whole hospital was emptied yes in Ukraine come on David knows how to live out of the heavenly realm I'm learning to then I want to go to John 14 verse 23 Jesus answered and said unto them if a man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him 
Isn't that glorious? If we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our mind, and all our strength, we are actually yielding ourselves to the Lord in love. And what does he do? He fills us with his love. He comes and lives inside us. Isn't that glorious? And now let's read chapter 14, verses 12, dotted 12 to uh, 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he also do. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, and he may abide with you forever. And that is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to give you a couple of testimonies where um, the Lord has been teaching me how to live from his love and to live from the heavenly realm. The first one was in 2008 just before the first mass crusade I ever did. And it's Mark 4, 37 to 41. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat about into the ship that it was now full. And he was at the back part of the ship asleep on a pillar. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. I asked the Lord two questions. Lord, how could you be asleep at the back of the boat in such a devastating storm? And two, why did you rebuke the disciples? And the Lord answered both. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat on a pillar because he was not afraid of the storm because he lived above the storm he had such a glorious love relationship with his father that what was inside Jesus was greater than the storm therefore he could rebuke the wind and the sea and say peace be still and there was a great calm 
And why did he rebuke the disciples? They had already seen Jesus do miracles. They had been walking with him. Maybe Jesus had heard they were standing up and rebuking the wind and the waves with him. But instead, the disciples were at that stage still living on the worldly realm. Seeing how dangerous the situation was. How big the waves were. How hard the wind was blowing. How full the ship was with water. Instead of rising up and taking authority over the situation in the name of Jesus. Many of us are still living on the worldly realm. Seeing how devastating our situations are. How difficult they are. Instead of rising up in Christ above the situations and taking authority over them in the name of Jesus. The Lord is wanting us to rise up and live from the heavenly realm. That's when we get victory over our situations. You know, I read in the Bible, we all have, how the disciples chained in prison were singing and praising God, chained to the prison. And what happened? The chains fell off. They were free. That's the faith we should be walking in, like the disciples. Well, when the Lord teaches us something new, he puts us to the test. I'm flying for our big, first big mass crusade in Andhra Pradesh. We land at Hyderabad, and there on the screen is Cyclone Kwai Mutt is raging through Andhra Pradesh, leaving devastating damage in its wake. Oh dear. That's not good news. We're doing a mass crusade outside. It's cost us a lot of money. It's our first big crusade fly down to Andhra Pradesh, we pick up, we go and have supper, we then go to bed. In the early, early morning, that cyclone reaches Andhra Pradesh, Bhimavaram, where we were staying. It's the first, my first experience in a cyclone. It's not one thunderbolt at a time. There's five thunderbolts and lightnings at a time. And the rain is bouncing off the roofs and flooding down the roads. I said, Lord God, we can't have a crusade and a flood. Please, Lord, do something. Only you can stop the crusade. Only you can stop this rain. Please, Lord, do something. Please, Lord, only you can stop the cyclone. And the Lord said, take authority. Mm. Lord, it's a cyclone. To take authority. Amen. I stood up, I pointed into the eye of the storm like that, and I said, I command you, Cyclone Kwamat, to stop in your tracks right now in the mighty name of Amen. Jesus. I command that you do an L shaped turn out to sea right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak to you, spirits behind the cyclone. I bind you down right now in the name of Jesus. 
see the different way of praying. Suddenly the Lord said, the cyclone will be gone by six o'clock. So thank you, Lord, and fell asleep <laughs> and overslept. I woke up at eight o'clock to a calm, sunny day. The cyclone had gone. I raced my clothes on. I ran downstairs. When did the cyclone go? Six o'clock. Double check. When did the cyclone go? Six o'clock. That cyclone had done an L-shaped turn and gone up to sea. I wasn't thinking straight. Cyclones don't do L-shaped turns, they go straight. But the pastors testified that in the crusade that night and it went on TV. And the next night the whole town turns up. And we really bring many, many thousands to Christ. The third night, as it went on TV again, they, we couldn't get to the crusade grounds. We were half an hour late with the jams. Everything with wheels and legs were going to that crusade. Cows and horses and motorbikes and lorries and carts and rickshaws and all sorts. And they had to make another way for me to get up on the platform. I'd walk. There's over 100,000 people here. This looks like a Reinhard Bonker crusade. They said there's 160,000 people crammed in this field. I said, Lord. The Lord said, rise up in me. It was the most glorious crusade I've ever given. The best message I've ever given. It was glorious. On the Monday, we're sitting at Ganter's house and there's a phone call from the post office. Will you please come and remove your mail? It is taking up half the mail room. Oh. <laughs> it took the, most of the upstairs in Ganter's house. It took the pastors three months to look through 92,224 decision cards to receive Jesus and be baptized. They put as many into the existing churches as they could and they had to open a further 160 new churches that were run by our newly graduated evangelists. Straight into ministry as pastors. <laughs> That's what God does. Mm. And suddenly I realized the truth of Scripture rising up in God, living from the heavenly will. Mm. But that wasn't all. I'll tell you one more story. This one is at home in our ranch, our, our riding school in Oxford. A very, very unreasonable lady stole my best horse, George, while I was in Africa. While the riding school was so upset, they said, you've got to get George back. Get the police onto this lady straight away and get George back. I said, I'll ask God how to handle this lady because she defies the law. I mean, she was tough. I mean, really tough. She had patches all over her arms. She was tough. 
and I was a bit scared of her. <laughs> I prayed about it, and the Lord led me to the most difficult verse in the Bible. He said, take your cloak, give him your shirt as well. I said, Lord, how is that going to get George back? <laughs> and the Lord gives me the second most difficult, wait. Sometimes the Lord tells us to wait. When God says wait, you wait. The riding school thought I had flipped, that I had totally lost it. But the Lord had me wait for two whole months. And then, one morning, the Lord said, Today, put £200 in £10 notes in a white envelope, get in your horse lorry, go to where you know the horse is, your horse, George, will be released to you today. Oh, at long last, I could do something. Get my horse lorry with the envelope, and I drive over to those stables where the horse was, and I put the ramp down with the horse lorry by faith and I go and look for George and the lady. And I find the lady sitting on a couple of straw bales and her daughter is trotting George in circles. So I go and sit next to her and I say, I know that you inside are a really good lady and you're going to do the right thing today and release George to me to take him home this morning so I'm giving you this gift and I hand her the white envelope she counts it very very slowly and then she looks up and she says I will do the right thing you can take George right now she calls her daughter and says, Suzanne's come for George, dismount, hand her the reins, she did. And George nearly pulls me up in the lorry, tie him up, put the ramp up, get in the cab, and I'm driving home, praising the Lord. I mean, I got him back for only 200 pounds. It would have cost a lot more through the law to have got my horse back. I thought that was the end of it. No, it wasn't. The next day, I have a phone call from this lady. She says, I hope you don't mind me phoning you, but I haven't slept a wink the whole night. <laughs> I steal your horse plus a saddle and bridle and for two months you do absolutely nothing. And then you come and give me a gift of money. What made you treat me like that? I said, because God loved you. How can God love me? I'm the worst person I know. I have hurt so many people. Mm. That God loved you so much mm. that He died on the cross to forgive you, mm. to heal your hurt. He understands your background, He knows everything. She bursts into tears. She says, I will never hurt another person as long as I live. How do I become a Christian? And I lead her through the sinner's prayer. Her life was radically changed. She's a total opposite to what she was today. A beautiful woman in God. And suddenly I realized that if I had disobeyed God and gone the worldly way, she probably would have gone to prison, but she would have come out of prison 
just as hard, just as ugly, just as what she was. But because I know the importance of listening to God, God showed me how to treat her from the heavenly realm and it changed her life forever. We've got to live from the heavenly realm. Loving God with all your heart, all your mind. And all your strength equal to loving God your King who receives your love as you give him his love giving you his authority to take command over every, every obstacle you'll ever face in life for you to rise up in him in such victory such triumph that you find yourself handling life from the kingdom of heaven from the heavenly realm until you find yourself not only living from his love but living from the heavenly realm as well while you're still alive on planet earth love is the greatest word of the universe it can never be imitated stolen or touched it is greater than all creation can ever know for God is love Amen. God has created us for such a destiny the ability to enter into God's love a love that will never ever be rejected by him but always received by him a love that has no end but to be realized more and more through all eternity. You and I have such destiny. A future beyond every dream. And it's no fairy tale. It's reality. Let's give ourselves to God in love. Let us grow in Him in love until we become so filled with His love that enables us to not only live from His love, but to live from the heavenly realm as well. And let's make it... How many of you want to live from the heavenly realm? Just put up your hands. From God's love. Living from God's love. Everybody. Everybody. Let's pray. Let's dedicate. I know there's not room to come forward. But let's just dedicate ourselves. Lord, we come to you. I thank you, Lord, that you're calling forth your forerunners today to love you with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, and all our strength. And even as John the Baptist prepared the way for the first coming of Jesus, you are calling forth your church today to rise up to love you in such a way that you will be able to use them 
to prepare the way for the greatest event the world has ever seen the second coming of Christ Lord we dedicate ourselves to you to love you teach me Lord to love you with all my heart all my soul all my mind all my strength that I might learn to live from your love and to live from the heavenly realm like Jesus did while our feet are still on this earth Lord I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus Amen just spend some time in prayer just worship him thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, la masiga gasia, la masiga gasia. Oh, la masiga gasia. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. something in your life that <clears throat> you need to take authority over just as <coughs> Suzanne was talking about why don't you do that right now maybe there's some circumstance maybe there's something happening you need to stand up and take authority in the name of Jesus speak to that mountain in the name of Jesus thank you Lord yes Lord speak to that mountain Thank you, Jesus. There's a few people struggling with some inner healing. They want to be set free. Take Jesus by the hand now. Lead him down into the tunnel of your life. Maybe right back to being a child or even into your mother's womb. 
some of you are dealing with the, with rejections and hurts from the past and maybe unforgiveness then forgive that person if you don't know how to forgive just say Lord I choose to forgive that person in Jesus name and as you take Jesus by the hand down the tunnel of your life where these rejections or hurts or problems entered is as a poster hung up on the side of the tunnel I want you to show Jesus that poster and allow him to tear it up taking the sting of that hurt or rejection or problem away and then I would like you to receive the loving arms of Jesus around you receive his love for some of you there's only one problem others may have several problems when you're finished with the first poster take him to the second poster and the next one until all your problems are dealt with by Jesus taking the sting that hurt away the memory will still stay with you but clear of any hurt or sting thank you Jesus just spend some time doing that with the Lord